When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British Royal history. Before we get into things today, if you enjoy the podcast and spending time with me, please, if you can, rate, review, subscribe, and share. The more you do that, the more people will know about the podcast and the more the family can continue to grow. Additionally, if you want to help the podcast and are feeling generous, there is a donation link pinned on the Twitter homepage at fanatic underscore royal and also on the main anchor homepage. If you feel so generous and would like to donate, those links can direct you from there and any and all contributions will be greatly appreciated and you will get a personal shout out here on the podcast. So anything at all is a wonderful contribution. In royal news, not too much is going on as royals, those that are working, are heading back to work, doing engagements, both virtual and in person. The queen was spotted this past week having engagements virtually, which of course makes sense for her to keep her safe. But there are two big articles that were released this past Sunday, the 21st, that need to be brought up and discussed. The first one is an up-close and personal look at Prince William through interviewing his friends uh, that was put out by the Sunday Times. It very much feels as if it is a counter to help the PR of the future of the future king in wake of this bombshell interview by Prince Harry and Meghan. I have not read it. I'm in the process of trying to get a hold of a copy of it. But from what I've seen and from what everybody has said, it is a counter to what the Duke and Duchess of Sussex did. And it seems to be going over moderately well. But the big thing that is on everybody's mind is multiple news sources. I have a Forbes article here, but I've also seen uh, BBC News report that Buckingham Palace is launching a full review into their diversity um, into their diversity training and their diversity policies. This comes in direct response to fallout from the big tell-all interview with Oprah. And one of the big things that they're trying to do is focus on people of color, the disabled community, and gay and transgender people as what the male reports. Uh, the palace is seeking to review and assess how the, all royal households are approaching diversity, trying to create new ways to handle it within the institution, and it is a direct response to what was said in the big interview with Oprah as Prince Harry and Meghan directly accused and began to show evidence of racism within the institution. One thing that should be made note is that they already have diversity policies in place, but why they're doing this big overhaul is because they, quote, have not produced significant progress. And the first places that this will be done is Buckingham Palace, Clarence House, and Kensington Palace, which are all the big locations for Her Majesty the Queen, the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall, and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. No news if there is anything happening at St. James's Palace, but there that will probably be 
uh, another location that they will look at. But those are the big stories that are happening within Royal News that got released fairly recently. Of course, as we would expect, the tabloids are still having a field day with the interview with Prince Harry and Meghan. For today's episode, (laughs) this is in some ways a commentary to a lot of the tabloid headlines going on that I still see. And for me, it is a little bit alarming. And that is regarding Archie and the fact that he already is not styled entitled as a prince of the United Kingdom. In the interview, Meghan made it very clear and she was shocked to hear that Archie was not going to be styled as a prince of the United Kingdom and she felt very hurt and betrayed by that. Another point that we also know is she began to cite the rebranding and renaming of the Royal House of Windsor in 1917 by King George V. One thing that she also said is she didn't do a lot of research when she joined the royal family. And in some ways, people are misconstruing exactly who gets to be a prince and who doesn't get to be one, even princess in that matter. And I've done some research and hopefully today I will try to make it a little clearer. So in 1917, as we already know, there's a previous episode about it. King George V rebranded and renamed the royal house away from Saxe-Coburg-Gotha to then the House of Windsor as there was still a lot of anti-German sentiments towards the end of World War II, and they were looking out to protect themselves and to protect the monarchy. Now, within that formal declaration, there was a lot of moving things around. Thanks to the website heraldica.org, they have transcribed the various letters patents from the National Archives of these official royal decrees, and I have here these such transcripts. On July 17th, 1917, the formal proclamation goes as follows. By the king, a proclamation declaring that the name of Windsor is to be borne by his royal house and family in relinquishing the use of all German titles and dignities. Whereas we, having taken into consideration the name and title of our royal house and family, have determined that henceforth our house and family shall be styled and known as the house and family of Windsor. All other the descendants of our grandmother, Queen Victoria, of blessed and glorious memory to relinquish and discontinue the use of all German titles and dignities. And whereas we have declared these our determinations in our privy council. Now, therefore, we, out of our royal will and authority, do hereby declare and announce that as from the date of this, our royal proclamation, our house and family shall be styled and known as the house and family of Windsor, and that all descendants in the male line of our said grandmother, Queen Victoria, who are subjects of these realms, other than the female descendants who marry or may have married, shall bear this said name Windsor. And do hereby further declare and announce that we for ourselves and for and on behalf of our descendants and all other descendants of our said grandmother Queen Victoria, who are subjects of these realms, relinquish and enjoin the discontinuance of the use of degrees, styles, 
dignities, tiles, and honors of dukes and duchesses of Saxony and princes and princesses of Saxe-Coburg and Goethe, and all other German degrees, styles, dignities, titles, honors, and appellations to us or to them herefore belong or appertaining. Given at our court at Buckingham Palace this 17th day of July in the year of our Lord 1917 in the eighth year of our reign, God save the king. So that is very wordy. That is, But what is it doing? That is just establishing that, hi, we have rebranded ourselves. We're no longer Saxe-Coburg-Goethe. We are Windsor. All male descendants will carry the name of Windsor and all female until they marry will carry the name of Windsor. But at that point, that will change. All of us and anybody associated with us are giving up our German titles. That's why the Battenbergs became Mountbatten and um, that whole shift there. And the royal family has since now gotten smaller. Later on that year, in November 30th, 1917, this is where it gets picky. It reads as follows. George V, by the grace of God of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and of the British dominions beyond the seas, King, Defender of the Faith, to all to whom these presents shall come greeting. Whereas Her Late Majesty Queen Victoria did by her letters patent dated the 13th of January in the 27th year of her reign, declare her royal pleasure as to the style and title of the princes and princesses of the royal family in the manner in the said letters patent particularly mentioned. And whereas we deem it expedient that the said letters patent should be extended and amended and that the styles and titles to be borne by the princes and princesses of the royal family should henceforth establish defined and limited in the manner here and after declared. Now know ye that we for our a special grace, certain knowledge, and mere motion do hereby declare our royal will and pleasure that the children of any sovereign of these realms and the children of the sons of any such sovereign and the eldest living son of the eldest son of the Prince of Wales shall have and at all times enjoy and hold the style, title, and attribute of royal highness with the titular dignity of prince or princess prefixed to their respective Christian names or with their other titles of honor. And we do further declare our royal will and pleasure that save as aforesaid the style, the style, title, or attribute of royal highness, highness or serene highness and the titular dignity of prince or princess shall not henceforth be assumed or borne by any descendant of any sovereign of these realms excepting always any such descendant who at the date of these letters patent holds or bears any right to any such style decree attribute or titular dignity in pursuance of any letters patent granted by ourselves or any other royal predecessors and still remaining unrevoked it being our royal will and pleasure that the grandchildren of the sons of any sovereign in the male direct line save only the eldest living son of the eldest son of the prince of wales shall have and enjoy in all occasions the style and title enjoyed by the children of dukes of these our realms 
Our will and pleasure further is that our Earl Marshal of England or his deputy of the time being do cause these letters patent or the enrollment therefore to be recorded in our College of Arms to the end that our officer of arms and all others shall make shall may take due notice therefore in witness whereof we have caused these these our letters to me be patent witness ourselves at westminster the 13th day the 30th day of november in the eighth year of our reign so what does that mean that was very wordy and i would understand if you got lost and fast forwarded this directly outlines who can be a prince and who can be a princess and one of the big things it says is all children of any sovereign in any given time from there all the the grandchildren of the sovereign through the male line and after that the eldest son of the eldest living son of the prince of wales now they revise themselves and say that once you have it you have it and once the sovereign changes hands they can't do away with it which is why the queen's cousins the duke of gloucester the duke of kent and prince michael of kent still are able to retain them their joined grandfather was king george v that's their that that's their grandparent and of course their fathers were his direct children and then through the male line which is how they are able to still maintain their prince titles how does this pertain to Prince Harry and Meghan? Well, Harry is the second son of the Prince of Wales. And nowhere in that title decree does it say that the children of the second son of the Prince of Wales get to enjoy those titles. Instead, it just says that their children will be styled as children of the Dukes of the United Kingdom. So upon birth, Archie was never going to be a prince at all. Now, an exception was made and published in uh, on January 8th, 2013, before Prince George was born, making an exception to all of Prince William's children that they all will enjoy the style and title of Prince and Princess. It reads as follows. The Queen has been pleased by the letters patent under the Great Seal of the Realm dated 31st December 2012 to declare that all children of the eldest son of the Prince of Wales should have and enjoy the style, title, and attribute of Royal Highness and the titular dignity of Prince or Princesses prefixed to their Christian name or such with other titles of honor. So that explains why Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis are styled the way they are. It's in some ways able to set up William as he will one day be king, and those are his children. Once the current queen dies, once Queen Elizabeth passes away and Charles assumes the throne, Archie is will now become a grandchild through a male line of the sovereign. And at that point he will then be granted and be allowed and by his birthright be styled, titled, and honored with the attribute of royal highness and the titular dignity of prince or princess of the United Kingdom, but only upon the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And even then, as Archie is will still be a child at that point, it's up to Harry and Meghan whether they want him to have that title. He will still have access to it. The institution can't change that. It's there written in black and white. But we see an example of this with Prince Edward and Sophie, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, 
how technically their children are actually princes and princesses. By the time they turn 18, they are allowed to use their prince and princess titles in their HRH styles. They're legally allowed. But as they were children, they uh, they chose to not have them already be styled that way and instead be styled as the children of an earl to try to give them a more sense of normalcy because Prince Edward's not going to be king. You know, and at that point, his branch of the royal family is just going to continue to become fringe. And at that point, he gave his kids the option. The same thing's going to happen to Prince Harry as... The, as the throne moves down, he will continue to fall lower and lower on the pecking order, which is why this was set up as a way to keep who are actually styled prince and princess very small. Granted, however many children the sovereign actually has is up to them, but this clearly outlines who can be a prince and who can be a princess. So Archie was never a prince by birth, given his place in the pecking order. He is the grandchild of the youngest son of the Prince of Wales. And the way that the letters patent outline it, he was never guaranteed that. I've been seeing a lot in media people getting confused that he should already be styled as a prince, and that simply is not the case. He's never been uh, permitted to be styled as a prince, at least not yet. That could change. In fact, it will change. But let's have a quick review if you all are still here just to make this all make sense. In 1917, King George V outlined not only the change of the House of Windsor, but who could be a prince or princess. And it says that all the children of the sovereign, all grandchildren through the male line, and the eldest living son of the eldest son of the Prince of Wales get to be styled, entitled Royal Highness and Prince or Princess. In 2012, that was revised so that all the children of the eldest child of the Prince of Wales can be styled as Prince or Princess. Harry is the second child. He's the youngest child of the Prince of Wales. Once the crown shifts to a new person, that will sense change. But it all lays in the hands of Harry and Meghan. Will they allow their son to be styled as Prince? Who knows? That's their prerogative. And we've seen it change with Prince Edward and Sophie, where their children technically are princes and princesses, but they just don't use their titles. I do hope this clears things up and makes things a little bit more clear to understand. And those of you out in your day-to-day life can begin to correct and try to make it clear for everybody that, no, Archie was never a prince upon his birth. And if that wasn't directly explained to Megan, then that's the institution's fault for not making it clear to her. But we don't know how to, I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not trying to do that. No, 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 no. Just trying to make it a little bit clearer for everybody else. But if you'd like to see all of the complete letters patent, uh, I will link the transcription in the show notes available wherever you are listening to this so that you can hear it for yourself. But that is a brief explanation into will Archie be a prince? Can he be a prince? What's going on there? If you made it this far, thank you for stopping by the podcast today. I'm really happy that you showed up. If you would like to email me, you can do so. I am at BritishRoyalFanPod at gmail.com. If you want to suggest new topics for future shows, you can do that there. Let me know how I'm doing. Any other things you'd like to say, go for it. If you want to head over to Twitter, you can follow me at fanatic underscore royal. I try to interact with all of you there as best I can, and I really want to make this podcast the best it can be for all of you. 
If you feel so generous and would like to make a donation and support the podcast, you can head over to the link on the Twitter homepage or on the Anchor homepage. It'll direct you from there and your contributions will directly benefit the podcast and make it the best it can be. Head on over to Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, or more. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share so that we play into algorithms, people can see the the show, and more people can join the podcast family. I'm really excited for the future. Uh, Stop by on Thursday as we explore another royal residence in our continued series into royal residences of the House of Windsor. Let me know if there's any that you're excited for. I'd really love to hear. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe and stay healthy. And I will see you in the next one.